Welcome to the 1110 Leadership Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of leadership, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Rob Shields, Vice President of Strategy at 1110 Leadership, and I'm joined by my co-host, founder and CEO of 1110 Leadership, David Spicker. Proverbs 1110 lays out a bold and countercultural vision. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. We're here to ask, what does it look like practically to be this type of leader? Leaders willing to invest everything they have so that everyone around them can thrive. Join us on the journey as we lean in, listen, and learn how to become Proverbs 1110 kind of leaders. The kind of leaders that make our cities rejoice. David. Hey, Rob. How are we doing, my friend? Great today. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. You ready to you ready to record some fresh content here? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> it's amazing that it still feels fresh after so many episodes. At least, you know, honestly, like this is so helpful for me mm. that we have these conversations. As we've always said, we're not experts in these topics, but the goal is to wrestle with them. So it's fun to wrestle with these together. Yeah. Yeah, it is fascinating. I think it, it makes you realize when you wrestle through them, how much complexity we talk about there being so much nuance, but then you get into concepts like EQ and lament. What does it mean to be just at home? You know, these are, these are some heavy, heavy hitters and some really deep waters that we've been swimming in. And it shows you how much grace we need to show, right? Because this is rarely prescriptive. It's going to be applied depending on the context of, of who's listening and what their specific situation at work and home look like. And so, uh, yeah, I, also for me too, everything you're saying, it just echoes, it feels like it strengthens our muscles just by continuing to reflect and to help each other wrestle through these things as we hopefully come alongside our listeners and help them do the same. So, well, last episode we talked about families. So now we're, we're getting back to work, David. Break's over. Not that that would, I don't think that was a break, but we are headed back to work. So now we're going to talk about this idea of being just at work and this idea of a just company. So David, let's unpack the term here. What do you mean when you use the term just company? And how is that similar to thinking about this from kind of an individual perspective, right? Of a just leader, but also how is it different? Well, a just company certainly doesn't mean that the company has arrived at being just. They're on a pathway of being just. There's no like credential you get for being a just company. It's not like you get an accolade from the Better Business Bureau. It's really the way the company is thinking about these principles that we've been talking about and having them be embedded in the way they do their business. And so it's different from being a just leader in that this is something that is part of both the system of a company as well as how this then impacts all of the people and the stakeholders that are a part of that company. But the principles are very similar to just leader principles. And so in many ways, we're taking the principles that we've talked about around being a just leader and just applying them to a company context. And it's really fun to do that. I mean, it's challenging, but it's exciting. And particularly for leaders who want to then take this next step 
it starts to have real implications for their companies that enable them to see how they're able to achieve their goals. And again, it all comes back to everybody thriving, having a thriving workforce who loves coming to work, having work that's having a thriving impact in the cities and the communities in which they operate. And so it's uh, really fun for us to be able to take this and then make this something that becomes a part of a company culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to contradict myself, you know, five minutes into this episode because we talk about how much nuance there is, how much gray, how complex this is, and it's situational depending on the context. And, you know, those who are maybe more type A and, and really like lists are just clawing their eyeballs out on some of these episodes, I bet, you know, just like, just tell me what to do. And then we constantly resist doing that. And yet, and yet, if they've stuck with us here on episode 23, we made a list of the qualities of a just company. And we got some listeners that are like, finally, please show me the PDF, right? So obviously we would put a lot of qualifiers to these things because they still are based on your context. Some will be more relevant to some listeners than others. But David, share about this list that we have come up with, specifically some of the ones that kind of rise to the top for you. Give us a sample. Which ones stand out to you? Yeah, well, these qualities are under the banner of the four qualities of a just leader. See the whole playing field, build cultural competency, give power away, and take bold and courageous action. So underneath each of those four categories or qualities, we have a number of other qualities that we have listed both for just leaders and then for just companies. So if you take, for example, seeing the whole playing field, what does it look like to see? See ourselves, see others, see our community. There's a lot of things then that you can apply to the workplace around a company context. First thing is a company that is just is takes tangible steps to assess itself and to have leaders and the people at its company be assessed. So they have a regular rhythm of assessment. Another is just listen. They create an environment where leadership actively listens to employees from all levels and when appropriate, communicate back to them on a regular basis the steps that they are taking to address their needs. So just creating a context where people feel known and heard and listened to. The other is in you know seeing your community, being connected to the places where you operate. Some companies are just local and others operate in a variety of different places and locations. So where it makes sense, knowing the history of the community in which you operate and uh, understanding how it became what it is, what are the challenges of the community, what are the opportunities of the community, and how might your business be a real blessing to the city. Cultural competency, there's a lot we can talk about there, particularly as it, as people are thinking through how to build diversity and create environments where people feel included. Just companies think about that. They might hire people across cultural lines and equip them all to lead. They might do some particular intentional steps to make sure people have a sense of belonging and that they can be their full selves when they come to work. 
giving power away is around decision making and you could further decision making for people who are in places where they're closer to the needs and not just simply have top down decision making some companies might even think about giving a power away by taking steps to reduce executive level salaries or putting a cap on them so that we make sure we're paying livable wages for our employees or that we're paying people above industry standard to make sure that we're being just. And then under the take bold and courageous action, there may just be some real steps that companies are taking to address an injustice in their industry or to do something that's outside of the box as it relates to addressing something that's just really broken within their corporate environment. So that's a quick summary. Mm -hmm. There's many that we can unpack to give a sense of how this then translates to a company context. Yeah, and this is cyclical, right? I mean, you talk about the importance of needing to do assessments. Oftentimes that can feel optional for leaders in a business context, but one thing that that often is never seen as optional is, is making goals and making a plan. And I talk about the strategic plan for their year or their three to five year plan, you know, 10 year plan. David, when we think about pursuing justice in the company context and, and trying to be a just company, talk about why this oftentimes fails to integrate into the strategic planning process and what are companies and leaders really missing out on when that happens? Yeah, most companies think this idea of being just, or a lot of them are thinking about it in terms of DEI plans, diversity, equity, and inclusion plans, because most of the time when companies think about this, they're thinking about diversity as it relates to impacting issues of justice. It's usually a separate initiative apart from their core strategic plan. It's something on the side. And that's either because they haven't made this a part of their culture or, or that it's just so new that they don't know how to integrate it. And they feel like it's, in many ways, a box that they need to check for a variety of reasons. But our goal when we work with companies is to make sure that this is fully integrated. If you've been listening to our podcast <laughs> over these last 23 episodes, you understand we say things like both and, become baked in, have it be a part of who you are versus what you do. That's the same thing. You know, our goal is to help companies think about making their goals just, all of their goals, mm. not just these goals over here are not just and those over there are just, or these goals over here about DEI and diversity, equity, inclusion, and those over here are not, you know, so it's it's meant to make sure that this is part of the culture of a company because, again, we understand that this is a pathway for that company and their people to thrive, and it gives the opportunity for them to help their communities thrive in which they work. Mm. Yeah, another term that I've, I've heard you say often, this concept of whole life stewardship. And so what does that look like individually? What does that look like to pursue as a company? You know, whole company stewardship. I love that you're saying it. It activates the whole plan. It's not this JV plan over here that we, you know, if we really have a lot of extra time on our hands, we'll go reflect on that. But the varsity plan is what gets all of our attention. 
you know, this is, this is knocking down that wall and really not creating that false dichotomy. So let's make, let me make this personal for a bit. Cause I feel like obviously when we're talking about pursuing justice in the context of a company setting, this is a discussion that usually involves leadership of said company. David, what pre-work is required on a personal level before leaders can really come into this conversation ready to engage with this idea of being a just company? Read the just leader, <laughs> thriving in a fractured that a, world. That was a softball. <laughs> well, I've written a book called The Just Leader, and you know it covers what we've been talking about over all this time. And not to have a shameless plug for the book, but I think it's it's good uh, foundational reading to help make this come alive for a leader first. Because what happens is a leader needs to wrestle with these issues, him or herself, and then do it with their colleagues. And it's hard to have them people own this with a leader. That's a step that we take with the leaders that we work with when they're so passionate about this and want to pursue this for their company, but their colleagues, their peers, their fellow leaders haven't had the same experience. And how do you then, you know, begin to have them take ownership of these ideas at the same level? It's really challenging and it just takes time. And, you know, listening to things like our podcast or, you know, the other resources that that we've talked about can be really helpful. But all of that is meant to look inside of us and see where are we in this journey and how do we engage with it now personally and how then do we bring others along with us? So that's a first step and it can seem daunting and it is daunting because the kinds of things that we're talking about are culture shifting and culture shaping. They require a bit of rewiring of how we do what we do. When we're talking about just leaders, we're talking about even thinking very differently about how we approach our leadership. When we look at just companies, we're like, gosh, is this going to mean we're going to have to change the way we do what we do? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. But we have to be at a place where we're willing to look at that and see that we have to believe in order to enter into this process that the outcome is far greater going through this than it is if we just do nothing. And that is the pre-work, both for ourselves and with our teams. And to be quite honest, it's hard to get to that place because for many of us, we haven't really experienced what is at the end of that. We don't really know that fullness that we're talking about that we think is out there for us. And so it can be very difficult to move forward when even that is gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talk about your book being a helpful primer. Another thing that I, I think is an excellent primer, and the reason I ask this question I mean, is because for this to really be authentic at a company level, it has to be authentic at a personal level. Because people can tell the difference when you're just phoning it in and doing maybe reactively doing what, you know, checking the box versus this is something that is a personal conviction of a leader that they are driving because they have a vision of justice that starts personally and then bleeds out 
in a company context. And so I think when we work with our peer groups, one of the things I love about that experience is the ability to develop a just leadership plan. And it's intentional. It's got a lot of questions in it, over 40 questions that we ask our participants to slowly and methodically work through and wrestle through and then ultimately share with the group to be able to give input and pray for each other and, and hold each other accountable. One of those questions that we ask is, what, are, what causes and injustices do you care about personally? You know, what justice issues matter to you? What groups of people are victims of unjust treatment that you feel passionate about addressing? And that, I think that it needs to hit home in that way, not to say that you know, pursuing DEI and, and creating cultures of belonging, that to me, is that, that needs to happen no matter what. But also a leader being authentically you know, good at creating cultural belonging, I think means that they've got to be able to have causes around justice that matter to them. Otherwise, this is going to feel foreign and it's going to feel impersonal if it doesn't hit home in that way. And I think from there, another follow-up question we ask is, you know, how do you activate your work to address those causes? And with, with kind of these self-audit questions like, what was the original creational goodness of my field? How has sin impacted my field? What is that impact on those in the margins of my community? And then how can we push against that brokenness towards renewal? Those questions are huge. And I think are really important in this conversation, because I think if we, if you haven't spent time, I would, I would argue that's pre-work as well. And if you haven't spent time reflecting on those at a personal level, then you're going to be really limited in the way in which you show up to thinking about pursuing justice from a corporate level, you know, in a, in a, in a staff meeting or board meeting where you're trying to cast vision towards a future that includes just goals, you know, that, that has to start personally before it, it can get to that stage. And very few people are asking those questions because again, we got to make money. We've got to be profitable. And getting to the place where we understand why we have to ask those questions or why we should ask those questions is really important mm. because our teams are going to be wondering, why are we doing this? What's in it for us? And again, that's why understanding what, what's at the end of this is really important to be able to fuel asking those kind of questions. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about it in our work all the time, right? The importance of knowing your why as a company. Why, do, why does your company exist? Which even connects back to our previous episode around families is this outward orientation, right? The importance of having an outward orientation, disadvantaging yourself to advantage others and advantage the community and the most vulnerable and marginalized in, in that community. Right, but who goes into business for that reason? Who starts a business? to disadvantage ourselves for the advantage of others and create flourishing in our communities? Is this a trick question? Because I think the answer is Christian should. <laughs> well, that's my point. I mean, most of us go into business thinking, you know, how am I going to make money? I mean, when I started my business, of course, you have to do that. Sure. But it's also, that's in many ways the why. You know, I want to have a certain life. I want to take care of myself and my family. I want to prove I can do it. 
right? It's it's all internal. It's all focused mm. on ourselves. Mm. Like how many of us started our businesses because we want to create a better world? Now, I'm, I'm sure many have, but we got to come back to that. And, you know, sometimes the methods we have wanted to pursue still haven't really captured these ideas. Even if we wanted to make the world a better place, it's still about my personal goals Hmm. and what I want for myself or what I want for my family. So these are really, and I'm saying this to myself as we're talking, it's just really challenging. It takes a whole different mindset to pursue that. Hmm. Yeah. And based on the season of your leadership where this episode is hitting, you may, may feel like I'm just, I'm I'm below water, you know, I I don't have the margin in my company's timetable right now of where we are in the arc of our story to even process this, or I'm I'm putting fires out. This is going to hit differently depending on where you are on that journey. But sometimes, at least in our work, sometimes the best time to have this hit and where the ground is fertile is when you've actually experienced tremendous success. And it's left you wanting mm-hmm. because it's, it has been inwardly focused and you actually accomplished it all and more. Yes. And we're getting that a good bit. We're seeing that, that companies want to take a much different step because of that wanting that they feel and want to have a depth of experience that's much fuller. Mm-hmm than they even thought they could have. And again, it's quite exciting. It's available for all of us if we're open to it. Yeah, which is also a beautiful reminder to all of us. It's never too late. You know, you, you, you can't fall behind in such a way. Now, there's going to be unique challenges at every step of the journey. If you bake this in the beginning, that's going to provide you with you know a head start in some ways when this is, you know, woven into the strategic plan and the core values and you know your your corporate why as a company that's going to put you on the on the fast track so to speak but because it's always a journey and there's never really any arriving <laughs> there's room for everyone on this bus right david or on this boat i don't know pick your mode of transportation it's never too late to begin to think about these things and how how you infuse meaning into the pursuit of success as a company, to me, through the lens of, of our faith, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. And making money only is meaningful in so much as it's a mechanism towards others flourishing beyond just ourselves. Right. Okay. So what's the bottom line, David? How do we, how do we tie a bow on this for, for the Christmas season? What final thoughts do you want to leave with our listeners? Well, I would imagine many of those who are listening are establishing goals for next year. And my question would be, how are they just? How are those goals just? What does it look like for them to be targets which would allow not only your company to thrive, but everyone around you to thrive? If you need help with that, we're happy to help think through how these ideas can be integrated, embedded into your work so that in your strategic plan 
and what you're hoping to achieve for next year, what it means to be just is fully a part of your company focus and direction and ultimate outcome. So that's my bottom line. Mm. That's a good one. Well, we're going to keep going on this journey. Uh, 2024 is coming, but we're not quite done with 2023. Got a couple other exciting episodes coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned. Until next time, my friend. Thanks, Rob. To learn more about 1110 Leadership, visit our website at 1110leadership.com. That's the numerals 11, then spelled out T-E-N, leadership.com. That's 11-T-E-N, leadership.com. There you'll find more resources to equip you on the journey of becoming an 1110 leader. You can also get connected to our growing leadership network. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. To help others find us, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.